unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Christopher Roush. You're at your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, boys and girls of the Misfit Nation? Misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. Let me just correct that. My friend Jason Cisneros has the Misfit Nation. I have the Misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. So if you guys know who Jason Cisneros is, you guys know we're buddies. He's also called the Bald Avenger. And I'm not, that's what's up. So thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay, we appreciate you guys, whether you're watching on the video cast or listening on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're growing, we're in like 12 different countries right now. So thank you from Ireland to England, to South Africa, to uh, all over the place, Australia, Canada, uh, I think we got some Norway, some Sweden, all sorts of places. So thank you guys. We got some Latin America in here. Why are my Latin America friends? Jesus, come on, people. Share the show in Latin America. Let's get popular. I know 2023 is going to be an expansive year for me. So we're going to get this podcast all over the place. We're going to have you guys wearing the raw and scripted and the no excuses, unstoppable bracelets. 2023 is a year of domination, ladies and gentlemen. Let it be said here on the raw and scripted show as of December 13th. 2022 i'm making a prediction 2023 is going to be uh, an amazing year for many of us and guess what it takes to make that happen it takes the belief oh ladies and gentlemen right there on my wrist believe 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 for you guys can't see it i have believe bracelets so it says believe you got to believe you got to believe in yourself you got to believe in the opportunities you got to believe that you can step outside of your comfort zone and do things that are uncomfortable to get comfortable with that because as you do that you gain your courage you gain your confidence and you look at it and you go wow if i'm able to do that what else am i going to be able to do and tonight we're going to be talking about one of the most feared things in the world yes ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk about dying <laughs> we're going to be talking about dying. We're all dying. I mean, we're all, it's just a matter of fact. So it's just a matter of how you live before you die. And that's why we do this Raw and Scripted show every single week to bring you guys massive information, to inspire you to step outside of that comfort zone, to be kick-ass unstoppable, to live a life of abundance and go out there and give that and pay it forward. Because when we pay it forward, ladies and gentlemen, it's one of the greatest gifts in my life. Me getting, I just got to speak to a school a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week? Yeah, last week I got to go speak to a school of at-risk kids it was amazing i got to tell my story these kids are looking at me like man oh my god afterwards they're like dude you had a powerful story and i said i have a powerful story based on that but guess what the more powerful the story the more powerful the impact the more powerful the impact the greater the legacy the greater the legacy the greater the infatuation with life because when you wake up everything every single day and you're excited about using your skills and your talents to to make other people's lives better it's pretty incredible, man. I got to tell you, it's one of the greatest gifts in my life. So thank you guys for being a part of this show. Thank you for being a part and supporting all of us. And I want to talk about this organization right here, Help Heal Humanity, helphealhumanity.org. I'm on the board of directors, been there for two years. I'm going on my third year. It's an incredible organization. Talk about paying it forward. The CEO, Serena Buffalino, doesn't take a paycheck. None of us take paychecks. It's all the money goes towards the initiatives that we're raising for. And right now we're raising to send kids to school in Haiti. Oh my God, Chris, why Haiti? That place is going to hell in a handbasket. Exactly my reason. Here in the United States, we have so many resources. We have so many ways to, to become resourceful and to get ourselves out of shitty situations. The folks in Haiti, man, Jesus Christ, those guys need a break. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the generational cycle of insanity there. And we're sending these kids to school. And we're not only sending these kids to school, we're actually going to, we're talking about building a trade school there. So not only sending them to elementary and high school and everything like that, but also sending them to a trade school so they can learn to trade and they can actually start making income and start making their country a little bit better place to live. And so we actually have built a school there. We send kids to school and now we're actually feeding kids because we found out something super interesting. When you don't eat for a couple of days, it's really hard to focus and concentrate. And here again, in the United States, we have lots of abundance. Obviously we have lots of issues here in the United States and all over the world, but right now we're focusing on Haiti. We're trying to bring a little love and light to them. So if you get value, when you get value out of this particular broadcast, I would love it if you go to Help Heal Humanity and donate what you can, 10 bucks, five bucks, 20 bucks, sponsor a kid, do something. If you can do that, send me a picture of what it is. And if you spend, if you donate over $200, which is tax deductible, um, if you, when you donate over 200 bucks, I will gift you an hour of my coaching for free. So just imagine this, you get to pay it forward. You get to help other people. You're getting value out of the show. And then you get an hour with me to plan your 2023 to be kick-ass unstoppable. Ha -ha! 
come on. There is no other better way to live your life than to do that. So thank you guys for, uh, for allowing me to do that. We don't do commercials here. We don't, um, we don't do commercials. We don't do ads. I just bring you the straight stuff. I don't like that kind of shit. I mean, I could do that. I could spot, get sponsors and all that stuff, but then you'd have to hear the commercials and everything else. So that's my commercial. So thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. We got Robert in the house. What's up, Robert? He said, there will be some giants that come from Haiti. Adversity creates opportunity. Amen, brother. There'd be some game changers there. There's some beautiful people there. You know, there's beautiful people all around the world. And I know you guys, my audience, aren't one of those people that sits there and judges people by the way they look or the way they sound or what their sexual orientation is or what their political affiliation is. You guys are kick-ass folks. We all look at what's inside, what's inside of a brother and a sister, right? It doesn't matter what the label is. It matters what's on, what's on the inside. And there's some amazing people all around the world. I've traveled. I've been blessed to travel to, I think I've been to like 12 different countries in my life. And every time I go there, I meet beautiful people. I learn about their cultures and I find out that they respect and love the United States. Right now, they think the United States is a little fucked up and I don't blame them, but everybody's got to go through their trials and tribulations to get where it is that they're going. And I think that's what we're doing right now. So uh, what's up? We got Nadia in the house. What's up, Nadia? Thank you for being here. She says, Chris, what's up, Nadia? Appreciate you being here. We're going to have a great conversation tonight. Robert says here, he says, hi, Christopher, working on having enough, but aiming for beyond the moon now in negotiations with a potential partner. Yes. And Robert actually, truth be told, what did I do? What did I do? I just did something recently. And I said, you know, if you guys see this post, you can get a complimentary kick-ass coaching session from me for free. And Robert took me up on the offer. So we're going to be meeting on Friday. That's just the way I roll. If I'm abundant and I make you abundant and then we're all abundant, we're all winning, we're all succeeding. And it's a beautiful place to be. So thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Love you guys. And as always, let me put this little thing up here just to remind you, questions and comments are always welcome. So feel free to comment, feel free to ask questions, feel free to do whatever lights you up. But if you get, when you get value out of the show, feel free to share it as well. So that's the way you can pay it forward to me. And uh, I am super excited tonight because I've got a dear friend of mine that's on the show. Every once in a while, I got my friends on here to display their talents and their wares. And uh, this particular individual I've had the pleasure of knowing for many, many years right now, we just had a phenomenal conversation a couple of weeks ago. I think it was talking about the fact of the number one fear in the world. No, it's not dying. It's the fear of public speaking. So please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, none other than Lisa Reed, the major speaker, trainer, associate, <laughs> friend of mine. What's going on, Lisa? How are you doing this, this oh, evening? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped up after your intro. This yeah, is really pumped cool. up. Like, Let's go. Let's rock and roll. The world, conquer 2003 or 2023, excuse me. Wow. I conquered 2003. Probably 20 years ago. I probably Almost. conquered the world too, you know? What, what can I say? I'm excited to be here. Yeah. How are you doing tonight? Great. I am great. I've had uh, an amazing day. I already had a speaking engagement this morning. So mm -hmm. it's been it's been a full day all, all day already. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you for being here. I'm excited about this conversation. And I kind of joked around about it in the beginning of the broadcast talking about the number one fear, but it really is uh, the, the fear of public speaking is, is, is paramount in so many people's lives. Why are people afraid to speak in public? I don't understand it. Well, I do, but I'm yeah. All right. Let's play devil's advocate. Right? Well, I think a lot of times, here's what I usually say. There are so many opportunities to be humiliated as a child. Like <laughs> there's just a lot we have to deal with, you know, whether it's family, siblings, friends, playground, classroom, all the things, anything that could happen on the walk home from school, the walk to school, there's just a lot of ways that you are powerless or you feel powerless, right? And depending on who you're around, you know, maybe you had it more than other people and you can get made fun of for being different in any capacity whether it's your teeth, your hair, your height, your walk, your the sound of your voice, your intelligence, your lack of intelligence, your athleticism, lack of athletic. I mean, there's just a million reasons a person can get picked on. And so it's really a hotbed for humiliation. And, yeah. I mean, childhood can be really fun, too. I'm not bagging <laughs> on childhood. I'm just like, it's no one. It is rough. Yeah, they grow up and they and they they have an embarrassment or they felt that humiliation or that fear, or um, where they got cut down for speaking up. Right? It could yeah. be like, oh, the teacher wanted you know you have to take turns and everyone reads out loud and then you get to your turn and you stumble and everyone's snickering. Yeah, that alone, just just even if that happened one time, could plant the seed of never doing that again. Hate that. Don't want to do that. 
I'm going to avoid it at all costs, right? And that could just be one tiny little thing that happens to a child. So, and it could be something you don't even remember. Yeah. You just go, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't speak in public. That's not what I do. Right. Yeah. So that's just to get the conversation started, but there are lots of more reasons. That's an example. I think a lot of people can relate to. It is. It's so true. And you, you perfectly said it. I mean, when I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking back across my childhood and the fact that I'd raise my hand and I'd be so eager to do stuff and I would screw up the math problem. Or I wasn't able to read something right. And you're absolutely right. You sit there and go, well, wow, as long as I don't raise my hand, as long as I don't speak up, then nobody can judge me. And then when you're standing in front of, you know, 10, 15 people or 15,000 people, then all of a sudden, you know, that everybody's sitting there going, okay, that guy's wearing a bandana. Why the fuck is he doing that? His beard's kind of, you know, da, da, da. and you know, people are saying that shit and you got to overcome all those objections anyway. And I think about the fact that I'm a professional speaker now, like speaking in front of thousands of people. I speak all the time with going back to that childhood memory and thinking about that. It's a wonder that I do speak, you know, because I was so humiliated as a kid. I was told to shut up on my mom. She never wanted to hear anything I had to say. Shut up and be quiet. You should be seen and not heard. All those famous little colloquialisms, yeah, I guess they are. I'll give you something over. to cry about. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I'm actually writing my memoir right now. And I was just writing about a time I got my ass beat for something stupid. And I was just like, yeah, but ultimately obviously i overcame my my embarrassment and everything else what was that for you what got you into public speaking and what was the biggest thing that you had to overcome in order to become successful and confident you know i don't recall ever actually having a fear of public speaking in fact i leaned into it quite a bit it's more just i can relate to the i love studying humans and looking at behavior and hearing stories and people tell me their horror stories so i'm like uh, it makes sense just in the human mind of like you think okay why would someone be afraid of that okay well what happened like i haven't had a gal tell me she stopped talking for two years as a child because someone wanted her to they liked her accent so this is like in in the other person's eyes they're thinking it's it's a compliment they're like oh say that word again i want to hear your voice i like how you sound she took that as a as a child she just took it and shut down she was like Ooh. nope and stopped talking for two years wow yeah and now how old, did you remember how old she, how old she was um probably six or seven which is a you know very formative age formative age and so i was training her at a corporate training and it was about like why was there so much angst about having to present to the client even after the product was sold it was like okay you've already bought but now we we need to just present our ideas and it was just like so um raw and, you know icky for her so it was like well no wonder you were trauma like this there's a trauma back here that's still you know the subconscious mind doesn't forget so right anyway that that's uh, more on that uh the fear part for me i feel like i always was comfortable in the teacher's seat so it's not so much like oh i want to be a public speaker but it was really I understand how things work and I and I like breaking them down and I like okay how does this make sense oh I could lead the class in that and I would remember my my dad would tell this story how so I grew up in Fairbanks Alaska a little Burr. far away from here Orange Burr. County California Burr. yeah very cold and he sent me to daycare now he grew up in California so he knew at the time like how important it would be if you could learn Spanish like he wanted me to you know learn Spanish as well as English so he purposely had me go to a daycare where they spoke Spanish or a home home daycare where they spoke Spanish. Well, when they picked me up the next, you know, later on that day, they were all speaking English. Talk, yeah, I, had <laughs> I, knew English. I knew it. And he's like that. What? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> so everybody's like, hi, Mr. Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mr. Hollowell. Yeah. Or whatever. So anyway, just um, always felt really comfortable. My dad was a natural speaker and teacher. My mom was a teacher and I would even watch, my dad was a hypnotherapist. So oh. I would watch him like at the hotel, do the open house and sell the tapes and the books and the things and the seminars. And he would teach salespeople. So I think it just was really dipped in, like marinated in like, it's okay, do your thing. Uh, just teachers and speakers. Yeah. So you had an awesome upbringing in that fact that they, they advocated for you, fact that you using your voice and being public and all that. So for the people who are watching this right now, thinking about what your friend did, what, what, what types of things can we do to overcome some of that trauma? I mean, I know that's a huge question, not even just for public speaking, just for overcoming those things, but what yeah. recommendations do you have for us, for people to get started who are thinking about like, man, I'd really love to speak from stage. I have a powerful story to tell, but God, I'm just so shy. And I'm just so, I mean, people tell their stories, they write their stories to them. That's how I help them is like, okay, what if you change that script? How do you, but how? Is that that you can get people to overcome some of that embarrassment i think a lot of it is naming it and it's 
for certain people, it's definitely helpful to take it out from your head and put it on paper. Even like if you have like one of those big easels, you know, or big, big post-its, you could just put on them and start to put things down like, oh, how do I feel about that? What do I think about that? What do I do when I think about, oh my gosh, I would have to speak and what would be the benefits? Like, again, is there, is there a big enough reason for you to change? Typically, if someone wants to become a speaker and they have a fear around it, it's, and they decide to overcome it, it's usually for a pretty big reason. Like for you, I would imagine it's because you want to help your, anything you had uh, of all those experiences that you were sharing earlier, didn't outweigh the fact that you knew you could help other people. Like yeah. that was like the the winning factor for your equation, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for most people, probably similar to how you coach, it's like, let's, we're not actually having the right conversation. So we need to have, it's not, oh, I'm afraid of public speaking and I just, I'm not good at that. It's like, well, no, let's dig a little, let's, you know, scoop out a couple scoops, scoop, 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 yeah. scoop, until we get to what's <laughs> the actual conversation that needs to be had that never was had. Yeah when you got that voice shut down or when you decided you couldn't do this. And when we have an adult conversation now, it's like, oh, that's actually not really true anymore. There have been times that I've said what I needed to say. There have been, you know, I'm, I'm employed. I did a job interview. I got hired, you know, like we can start to go, oh, yeah, actually there's quite a few times that I've successfully spoken my ideas and thoughts and wasn't laughed out of the room or humiliated. Right. <laughs> So just changing that, changing that, um, that pool of evidence and mm -hmm. starting to become more aware of it. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, the thing I tell people is the fact that you, 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 there's two words that I eliminate from my, my vocabulary always and never. I, when you yeah, think about, I always, like, I always suck in front of people. I never can do a good job. I always, never, always, never. And you're like, okay, how's that story working out for you? Is that, yes. is that a good story? Is that, is that, is that ultimately leading to the ending that you want? Well, no. I'm like, okay, has it always been that way? Because I tell people like, well, Chris, I don't want to become a speaker. I'm like, well, too, too fucking bad. You're already a speaker. Guess what? We all speak every single day. We're all salespeople every single day. I was having that conversation recently. I'm not a salesperson. I'm like, the shit, you're not. You're, you're a sales, salesperson to your kid. You married, you're, a you're married, you're a salesperson. <laughs> you're a salesperson to everybody. Come on, get real with it. And it was funny when I when I started talking to him, I said, if, the way I flipped the script for that person, I said, it's not sales if you're actually making an offer. If the product and the service that you have is going to help somebody, you're making an offer. You're not selling. You're not like the the cheesy car salesman at the used car lot with the gold chain and everything no offense to people who have their shirts open with gold chains but you shouldn't do that shit. It should be silver um or black like this one uh but yeah i mean you just got to flip the script on that and um and be able to start to see the possibilities in that those things and for me one of the tips that i use a lot and i want to get your thought on this is visualization because i know the power of dreaming. And I know the power of the subconscious mind. We think about bad dreams. We've all had a bad dream. We've woken up in the middle of the night going, Oh my God, Oh my God, what the hell was happening? Our heart's beating. We're sweating. We're feeling like whatever happened in our dream happened. And the same thing works positively with the fact like you want to see yourself on stage. Like for me, Lisa, one of the biggest things that I, I, I visualize every day is me walking out on stage and just seeing a stadium full of people. And I hear ACDC, Highway to Hell is my intro music. And I'm walking out and having a good time. I get people dancing. They're jumping up and down. They're feeling good. And then I just jump into the conversation and we just have an amazing day. And I just see that all the time. That visualization writes that into our memory. What are some tips that you have for people to be able to kind of get past that, that shyness and everything else to be able to be more confident? Yeah, I, I love your tip on visualization. And most of the people that I talk to or the clients that I work with typically don't have a fear of public speaking. Not that they don't have any you know, hesitations. I call it speaker's kryptonite. There's those types of things are happening. Um, and so we work through those pieces versus more like, oh, I'm so shy. I don't know if I want to speak in the microphone. My my clients are like, where's the microphone and how long do I have? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but they do suffer from speaker's kryptonite. And that is typically when you're speaking to invite, like to invite someone into your program, into your offer, into your phone call or whatever, whatever product, um, that can kick up a lot of other fears of like, uh, the speaker's kryptonite sounds like, I don't know if anyone's going to want my stuff. I've never sold from stage before. I don't know how to sell. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want them to think that I'm trying to push on them. What if no one ever, uh, then there's all the, what, so there's, the I don't knows. And there's the, what if, what if, um, I never get to be a speaker. What if 
I, no one ever buys anything for me. What if I look stupid? What if I make a mistake? What if I, blah, 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 blah. and then there's the, I need to, well, I need to do more research. I need to do, um, I need to get my talk better. I need to come up with this. I need to do that. I need, blah, blah, blah. I need to work on, I get a certification. So those are kind of the three main families of my speaker's kryptonite that I hear. Nice. Um, but I love visualization. I, I like to, just like what you've done is like incorporate what does your audience look like? Like, I love how you described it. It's like, it's this huge stadium, right? So I'll be like, is it a theater? Is it indoors, outdoors? Where are you? How many people are they sitting? Are they standing? Like, get a picture. Who are yeah. they? Are they women? Are they men? Are they both? Are they old, young, a certain culture, certain religion? I don't know. Like, who's in your, who's your perfect people? So that's part of it. And then it's also like really stepping into all the feelings that you have and the experiences that you have. You're like, walking on the stage or what are you wearing like what do you see when you look out what do you see when you look in the mirror what do you hear what do yeah. you hear yourself say what do you hear them say all those things so like and and even like when it comes to sales it's like okay then you walk off the stage what do you see coming into your inbox or they're handing you something or they're saying something oh i can't wait to sign up for your, your program or I you really changed my life. You really affected me. Like, so it's like getting into that, that part of it is yeah. very exciting. Yeah. I incorporate all the senses. Like yeah. that's what I think like, how does the air smell? You know, how are you feeling? Are you sweating? Like everything, put yourself in those, those immersive experiences, wherever it is. I mean, I give people tips all the time. Like, how do I have a difficult conversation? I'm like, have, have, imagine yourself having that conversation with the person. Imagine things going amazing. Like, oh, I'm here to talk to you about this. You see their body language, they're in it, but also have the other script. Like, okay, you can see the potential fear of what it is that you think is going to happen. You see that person reactively negatively. Then you see yourself, okay, I see myself calm. I see myself saying, you know what? I can see this is a bad time. Maybe I'm not saying things correctly. Let me rephrase that. All those different things. And you can see that so that once you get into that, that actual moment, it almost feels like it already, it's like deja vu. You've already been there and you've already got that practice. You're like, oh, I already knew this was going to happen. Okay, here's what I'm going to say right here. But there's also yeah. a point where we could be overprepared because I've seen speakers like they memorize their speech. Like they'll memorize a 45-minute keynote word for word. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. I was in Toastmasters and they, they highlighted that stuff. Like you should practice and practice where you're standing and all this other stuff. What is your opinion about that? I mean, being prepared is obviously important, but being overprepared can also cause us that anxiety that's through the roof that we're not even going to enjoy the experience. What advice do you give to your clients? Um, I, I do the Tootsie Pop advice where it's like, how many licks does it take to get to a Tootsie Pop? I don't know, three. <laughs> how many times does one need to practice or prepare to be to where you're like, you're ready? And I think it really depends. I I like to think of it as unconscious competence. And so oh, like nice. what you're talking about is where someone's kind of stuck in sort of in between unconscious competence and conscious competence, or no, they're in, un, excuse me, they're in conscious unconfidence and conscious competence, which means like, you know your stuff, but you're still thinking about it. And like, you're just like, oh, I should stand here. And here is the sentence I am starting with going to say this. And that's where it's like, you can hear it it's like if you're watching a movie, you don't want to know that they're acting. You know that they're acting because you're watching a movie, mm -hmm. but you don't want to notice that in the middle of the movie. Like, oh, this is yeah. a really bad actor. This script is really crappy. Like, oh God, why'd they do that? Like, no, you want to be immersed. Yes. And so the same with a speaker. So unconscious competence isn't like a light switch. You can't just go, oh, I'm unconsciously competent today. And it was 56 times that I practiced my talk. I'm like, you don't know until one day, you know. And yeah. you're just like, you could, and I always say, I could speak in a, in a boat with a goat, in a box with a fox. Like it does not matter. You can turn the lights on. You can turn the lights off. Power could go out. I don't know. Microphone done. I, whatever. No one could show up. Everyone could show up. And I am going to, I'm going to show up. Like I, yeah. I got it. But was that overnight? No. And no. if I have a new talk, yeah, I practice until I feel like it's kind of almost like a feeling like, okay, it's all clicked. I'm good. And I don't memorize. I I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Like this sentence has to start here, but I know where I'm going. I think right. that's super important to know like where you're taking. It's like a tour. Yeah. Like, like if I signed up to go see the dolphins, I'm kind of expecting the tour guide to tell me a little bit about the dolphins. And then we're going to eventually get to the dolphins. I'm going to kiss some dolphins, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> no frogs, just dolphins. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't want to kiss any frogs. But, Unless you're an Amazon, uh, Amazon tree forest, then you can kiss, then you can kiss an Amazonian tree frog, which is yeah, called well, Cambo, which I did. 
got poison. You did? But are they? Yeah, actually. Poisonous? Yeah, actually, it's called Cambo. It's K-A-M-B-O. I actually have the little dots where they burn the tree fog poison into my underneath my tattoo. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cold cleansing thing. It's a two day thing. It's crazy. Yeah, but it was good. I lost Chris for a second. So I'm on the edge of my seat to find out about the Cambo poisonous frog. Um, oh, so hopefully you can still hear me. And either way, like I said, yeah, well, the show will go on. So I, when it comes to scripting and memorizing your talk, like I think of it as like, okay, what can, what's, what's the purpose of the talk? There are certain talks or certain moments in which it does need to be scripted. Like if you are a master of ceremonies and there's a certain agenda and it's very formal professional. Oops, we lost her. I think she said she lost me, but I think we lost her. What? Are we there? Where is she at? Where is she at? I'm here. There she is. I'm what here. happened? I you don't know. I just kept talking until I just waited until we were all. I was back. like, you disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you disappeared. Happens. So I wasn't sure if it was me or you. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like I said, the show was going to go on. So I just kept on does. going until. <laughs> until I couldn't go no more. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I got hired. I got hired for a speaking gig one time. And my, uh, when I was in Toastmasters, they always said, you know, if you're doing an electronic presentation, always bring paper slides just in case. Yeah. And so I went to this, I went to this one conference and um, they had me, they said I couldn't bring my laptop. That's what it was. So they said, bring a jump drive with your presentation on it. That's what it was. I had a couple of different situations, uh, brought the jump drive, put it in their computer. And this is when I found out that some computers don't have the same fonts loaded as what is in your business presentation, unless it's a PDF. And so yep. they put my present, they had like 20 minutes to go. I was the keynote speaker after Joe Namath at a conference in New Jersey, I think it was. And um, they put it in there, they put it up on the screen and I was just like, no way. It was all jumbled, it was all yeah. screwed up. And so I told them, I said, don't, they're like, oh my God, are you gonna be able to do this? And fortunately at that point, I was good enough to be able to say, yep, no problem. I got this. And they're like, Oh my God, you're a professional. And so I had the paper slides in front of me and I just sat there and I just flipped them and I just did it. Da, 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 da. Ladies and gentlemen, blah, blah, blah. I said, today we had a, a presentation, but I don't want to bore you with a presentation. Are you sick and tired of all those presentations that have 95 words on one slide? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just was able to work it in there. I said, today we're not going to do a presentation. I said, I've got some notes in front of me. I said, are you guys okay with that? And so I found out this, this cool little trick, this little trick was like, when you ask the audience if something is okay, and then you get their buy-in in it, they're like, no, this is going to be different. This is going to be cool. Oh yeah. I'm not going to see a slide with 95 words on it anymore that I have to read. I always love professional speakers where they go. And today we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about blah, blah, blah. And they read their fucking slide. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I can read. I want to get the personality from you. I want to get the, 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 yeah. the thing that that's going to help me grow and prosper. I can read shit all day. Um, so in thinking about all that, you know, thinking about writing the speech and preparing the speech, what, in your opinion, are the most important components to really focus on? We're not going to memorize our speech, but what are some important facets or facts to, 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 to put in there? And then how do we remember those facts? I have a couple of ideas in my brain. That yeah, I, I always with. start at the end first. So yep. people come to me, they're like, oh, I've got all these titles. I'm like, well, that's great, but we're going to put those in the parking lot for now. We're going to, maybe one of those will be the title. Maybe not. We're going to see. But what we want to do is start at the end because I work with people who are trying to grow their business through speaking. So we have a very, you know, singular focus here. It's like, what is going to give value to the audience and value to your business? So we're going to start with where do you want to take them? Where is that dolphin? Where are we going to end up on the dolphin tour? Like, are they kissing dolphins or what? What are we doing? <laughs> so we decide on that first. Then we talk about like the three. I like to go with three. I think that's a fair number of learning yeah. points. I agree. Especially a lot of times you have a half hour to talk or 20 minutes. I mean, if you get more than three learning points, it's going to be, you're going to be rushing and run out of time. Yep. So three learning points. And, and then we, and then we write the description based on the learning points and the title based on the learning points. So the learning points, that's where, that's the big, like, that's the Thanksgiving, the Turkey part of the Thanksgiving dinner, right? It's like, that's the big kahuna. And so it's like, okay, what are the three main things that you would want someone to know, or maybe myths that you hear about, or like you're at a barbecue and someone's like, oh, I didn't know. Wait, I, I thought we thought it was this, or the things you always kind of share, but people you think everyone knows, but they don't know. Right. Um, it might be in the form of a case study, an exercise, a story, a lesson. That's where it depends on the person and their style and what you really 
what you bring to the table. And then, you know, and so, yeah, so it's call to action at the end. Three, three learning points. I'm going backwards, like description, title. <laughs> Got it. I love it. That's the way, That's actually the way I work with coaching clients is I ask them, where do you want to end up? What is your legacy? What's the reason why you're here? And then again, we just work backwards on that. And it's, it's a great way to look at anything. If you've got a project in your house, okay, the finished step is this. What's the thing I do before that? What's the thing I do before that? What's the thing I do before that? It's pretty incredible because we try to think like, oh, I got now people that are writing, they're writing their book. And I'm like, oh, tell me about it. Like, oh, I've already got a title. I'm like, well, how do you already have a title when you haven't written the book? You know, let let the content speak for it and then it'll it'll work you in the yeah. work in the title. But so many people are focused on the wrong thing, and that's why they miss the mark. And sometimes with that. Um, also, I think people think they have to shove it all in one thing. I'm like, well, if you're sitting on decades of experience, you probably have quite a few talks within you. So yeah. I go, let's just start with one and then do that from 20 times, a hundred times, I don't know, as many times as you want. And then another one's going to emerge. It's okay. You can have more, <laughs> but you can't put it all in one talk. It just can't. Yes. And I've always, I've always been a fan of leave them wanting more, leave them wanting more. I was like, Hey, how can we get Chris back? What other things can he talk about? You know, I, he touched on a few things. I try to leave little breadcrumbs as I call them little breadcrumbs to say, Oh man, we should have him talk about because I'll, I'll go down a rabbit hole for a second. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, wait a minute. That's for another talk. And then I'll go back to something else. And all of a sudden later on, they're like, I want to hear that other talk. I want to hear that thing you were talking about. I'm like, okay, well, that's feel free to seating, ladies and gentlemen. That's what? That's called seating, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, I'm an, I mean, I'm an experienced yes. guy. I've been, it, I've been doing it for a while, but uh, I love it. yeah, there's so many different things we could do. I'm going to grab a couple of these comments here. We've got some beautiful people in the house. We got Lynn Serrano. What's up? Lynn Serrano is actually going to be on my Friday show with her. She's a podcaster as well. She's got a, she's got a great uh, podcast with her buddy, Brian. So Brian and Lynn are going to be on my Friday show. Um, let's see. Robert's guy here. He goes, um, I remember the exact moment I vowed to never ask for help again, a decision made in fury. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to make, you want to make decisions like that in yeah. those situations. Um, Nadia says here, I've been humiliated many times, which has mm -hmm. led to speaking phobia and panic attacks. Yeah. It, it's like real, like it, it, I totally can relate to that. I have not had a panic attack, but it, it like can be crippling this, our, our body doesn't forget. And it's like, no, no, no timeout security like it's like shutting down we're not going there yeah very scary yeah it is actually my buddy uh scott i don't think he'll mind me saying this but he actually went to give a tedx talk or a ted talk or something like that yeah. either one and he basically when he was they were calling him up to the to the platform to be ready to be the next speaker he said he got lightheaded and passed out and couldn't couldn't do it so he went oh. through all the trouble to get it he said he doesn't he spoke many many times but i guess the pressure of being in that environment and I wish he would have never told me because I'm going to, I mean, I plan on giving a TED talk or a TEDx talk. People have asked me about doing it now. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not, I haven't got to that point yet. I'm yeah. ready. To, I want to do it, but I want to do it when I know I, I got the right speech in front of me to be able to do it after the book is out. But yeah, he said, he just, he said, everything just went black. He's just everything yeah. went whoa, whoa, whoa. And, uh, you know, he was embarrassed and everything. And then, but he went, he got back on the horse. I mean, cause we got it. We got to get back on the horse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so uh, so Nadia, hopefully we're gonna be able to help you out today. Hopefully, um, Lisa's already given you some uh, some informative tips. We got Ellie Lawton in the house from the UK. What's up, Ellie? Good to see you. Um, the fact it's uh, what time is it there in the UK? You got you're up in the middle of the night watching this thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and Robertson here. We got uh, well, Ellie says here you can't prepare for life; it changes every second. And Ellie knows that. Yeah. Ellie knows that we're all fighter, Ellie. Um, so when I think about, you know, what we're talking about here today is one of the biggest fears is obviously that that feedback that we could potentially get or the judgment that's happening while we're speaking. What are some tips to be able to engage with the audience, you know, to make them your friend, uh, maybe even before you get up on stage? Do you have any tips for that? Yeah. And a lot of my speaking now is virtual. So if you have an opportunity to chat with anyone prior to the event happening. That's one way, or even just commenting. There's three quick ways you can build rapport. And one is compliment. So I might say like, oh, I love your guitars in the background, Chris. They're so cool. You know, you always look so amazing. You're on brand, right? That would be a compliment. It's an authentic compliment. It needs to be authentic. Can't Thank make you. stuff up. Don't be lying. Um, <laughs> number two is collaboration. We're like, I'm so excited. We're doing this podcast together and we're a team. It's just great to be on this journey with you, right? Like see those collaborative type of uh, comments that I would say. Mm -hmm. And so it would be the same, like if I'm speaking to an audience. Oh, I can't wait to share these tips with you. I know this is going to be really helpful for your business and we're going to create some stuff together. It's going to be awesome. So that's collaborative. 
Um, and then the third one is commonality. Yeah. So you may have something in common. Hey, we're all here on Zoom or, oh, I, we're all here at this event. This is so great. Look at this room. It's so whatever. I don't I don't know what you're going to be having in common mm -hmm. with people. But even if you don't have something in common with someone, you can still use commonality. Like I might say, um, Chris, I've never worn a bandana on my head and a hat at the same time. Like, I know that's your signature. You probably feel naked without it. <laughs> How does that feel? I've never mm -hmm. done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Would be a way to say like, I don't have that in common with you, but you're using commonality. So right. those are three things that you could do. In, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think about what's going on right now, and I think about my, I have a few friends that are, that are pretty popular comedians. And I was talking to one of them recently and I said, how's it going for you out there? I mean, you got so much stuff going on with the Chris Rock slap and, you know, the cancel culture and everything, you know, um, and, and people are afraid to talk. He's like, I'm actually thinking about getting out of comedy because I'm so afraid that I'm going to mm -hmm. say something that somebody's going to walk up on stage or somebody's going to meet me out in the parking lot because I offended them. You know, and obviously as a professional speaker, we're up there speaking and we're not trying to be totally rehearsed and prepared. We're trying to be off the cuff. What advice do you have for speakers potentially who get up there and want to be edgier, but, and not be totally vanilla, but not be worried about that cancel culture type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think you need to make sure that your message fits the audience and the context of the program. So this would be where you would do your homework ahead of time. Like if they've invited you, you in order to have gotten a speaking engagement, you had to talk to somebody, you had to meet with someone or a group of people to get invited to be the speaker. So that's where you would have that conversation of like, well, what are they expecting? What's the event for? This is my style. This is how I am. Is it okay if I do this? It is okay if I do that. So if you are edgy, you're going to want to make sure that no one's caught off guard or surprised. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, you'll need, need to adjust as needed or decline. <laughs> like <laughs> if then that's up to you as a, as a speaker, what you want to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I actually pre I preface everything before my talks and let everybody know, hey, it's raw and scripted. Hey, I'm Christopher Rush. Obviously, you can tell I'm a little bit edgy. So I apologize in advance if I happen to hurt anybody's feelings. And if I do hurt your feelings, I would love the opportunity afterwards to talk with you, understand where it is that you're coming from and apologize if I have. Is that okay with you guys? Everyone's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And if I say something that's a little edgy, I'm like, Who's out there? Who's offended? Who's offended? Anybody out there offended? Sure. Like, oh, you? It's okay. It's okay. If you're offended, raise your hand. It's okay. Okay, cool. I want to talk to you later. And I just kind of make fun of it. I'm just like, okay, I'm not up here intentionally trying to harm anybody. I love all people. But if something comes flying out of my mouth in an attempt to make it humorous or something like that, I apologize in advance. I'm so not really cool. edgy in terms of my speaking, so I don't usually have to. <laughs> well, I am. I'm afraid shit's going to fall out of my mouth. I might just say something like, well, can't take that back. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. I, um, I, I was going to mention something else in, uh, that I did have to shift when we went to pandemic because I used to do all my speaking in person and then, oh, now I'm on Zoom. And I actually really enjoy it because you can see everyone's name like versus, you know, someone might have a name tag on, but if they're way far away from you, you can't read their name in person or, mm -hmm. you know, see the back of the room. But with Zoom, it's like everyone's in the front row. It's super cool. Yeah. So I can. So there's ways in which you can increase the engagement to make sure that tuning out and like going on Facebook or checking their emails. So I'll be like, Oh, I, so it's kind of like a, you want people to know that you see them. Like, doesn't everyone want to be heard, understood, seen, right? It's like, yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I love your background. Oh, where'd you get that? Or, Oh, cool. Oh, give me a thumbs up. Oh, I see Susie's got her thumbs up. Oh, Chris has a thumbs up. Cool. Yes. I'm paying attention. Cool. Do you have your notebook? Great. Grab it. Cause we're going to do some homework in class. I always say like, I rather get homework done in class than afterwards. Right. So we're going to work right. on our businesses today. So things like that, that, um, can get people like out of that. Oh, I'm just going to tune out and turn off my video while I listen to this boring topic. <laughs> like, no, no. We want to make sure they're, they're engaged. Their eyeballs are up there and mm. they're paying attention. So how do you, I mean, I love that. And and for me, I've done, I've done a few of those. I did back in the day when there was webinars where you couldn't oh. see anybody, you couldn't get any feedback. Yeah. That was horrible. I, I've probably done like maybe five or 10 webinars. And I was like, that's just not for me. It. Yeah. You're just sitting here all by yourself and you're like, no like crickets nobody's typing or anything else you're just like okay am i am i balling am i am i am i having a good time but something just popped into my brain thinking about cancel culture and i don't know if i asked you this question we were speaking privately because we were speaking privately about speaking and whatnot 
Um, errors and omissions insurance. Is that still a thing? I remember somebody years and years and years ago telling me, Chris, make sure you get errors and omissions insurance. So that if you say something or make a claim that somebody follows and it doesn't work out for them, that they can't come back and sue you. Are you familiar with that? This was probably, not, this was probably about 10 years ago. Somebody said, get errors and omissions insurance. No, I don't think so. Okay, good. I'm not familiar with that, but I'm not an attorney. And you know? I mean, like I... Well, you just gave us advice, so that's the, <laughs> that's the errors and omissions insurance now. But speaking of that, I mean, so so we've overcome our, our fear of speaking. We're, we're getting out there and we're doing some speeches. What are some legal things that we should really focus on and concentrate on when we're in that negotiation aspect of that speaking gig? Um, well, you'd want to probably have a legal contract of whatever you're going to ask for. I don't typically, so love the question, but... The way I work my business, I don't really deal with that stuff because most of my talks are, I don't worry about the speaker fee or the paid speaking route because I get clients when I speak. So I have a completely different model, which is great because then I don't have to worry about all that stuff. Ah, so you don't even have to answer the question. Damn. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so <laughs> many. You couldn't get agreement, but I've always been just so fortunate and I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, it's easier to me. Quicker, quicker way to cash. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So when you're, when you're preparing your speech and you're doing those things, we talked about kind of like cancel culture, is it good to use humor in your prepared talks? I think if you are a naturally funny person, then. Well, I think I, think I am. I think it. I'm I, hilarious. I am very funny. I have so many uh, knock knock jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a dad. I'm very funny. No, but I don't have planned humor. I am not a planned joker. I don't say a punchline. I don't remember jokes that way. That's just not how I roll. I just am more of a quick wit humor. Mm -hmm. And I like to use fun examples because it wakes people up, right? And I think it's more fun. Um, but if you're trying to be funny and you're not, it could really go wrong. One of my clients actually teaches like um, humor in a diverse culture. Like how do you, humor, using humor in diversity and stuff like that. And it, it, because it's, 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 it's coming up right now. Like mm -hmm. it is definitely a hot topic and she's really good at um, helping people with a humor formula. She comes from like an aerospace background. And so she can uh, teach like those engineers engineer types. Yeah. Like person who's maybe not naturally funny and has a drier delivery, but they want to be funny. Like she can help them do that in a way that's not going to be getting you in hot water. And I think that's fascinating. Like, I'm like, gosh, I don't think I could teach someone how to be funny. I just have always naturally been funny, um, but I think it's hard to, it would be hard to um, create it if you weren't naturally funny. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's, there's been times where I've said things from stage and it's gotten a few laughs and I'm like, okay, don't even use that one again. So it's, you got to be careful with it. And, and I think it's just, I don't know if you're in the flow and you're feeling it, then I go for it. If I'm not feeling it, then I don't try to, I don't try to force it. I don't try to force yeah. it. I'll, I'll stick to what's what's pro, what's what's programmable. I call it what's programmable. If I know I do this, then this is going to happen. And then if something humorous comes up, usually it's something about myself that people can't knock knock on. So I'm like, okay, what well, about if you're like me, da da da, or something like that, um, to try to diffuse the situation. But mm -hmm. usually I try to make people laugh because they want to. I I personally want to take them through a range of emotions. I want to I want to make them think. I want to make them laugh. I want to make them cry. You know, get all those different things in there. Set some anchor points. I mean, those are some high level things that we do as speakers. Mm -hmm. um, so we walk people through the process of, of overcoming their speaking, preparing their speech, doing some stage stuff. What is it that you do when somebody comes to see you and says, hey, Lisa, I want to work with you. I've got my speaking business. I want to grow. I want to make massive amounts of money. I want to quit my day job. Uh, I don't have any products. What is it that you walk them through as the expert that you are? Yeah, actually, for me, um, people, you come to me because they want to grow their business. Not so much that they want to be a speaker professionally and that's their full-time job. It's more of like, how can I use that gift of speaking or that love of speaking um, in order to market my business and attract my ideal clients? So a lot of gotcha. times I'll work with like business coaches, life coaches, uh, healers, nutritionists, financial, things like that, you know, where oh, really? um, people are spiritual coaches, people who have a program, um, and they really have a love for teaching, but they like, want to figure out how can I actually follow that up in a half hour, nice, valuable, really condensed, beautiful piece, give the audience a ton of value, and then also grow my business at the same time. So that's what we work on. So we start with like, I call it, get your talk ready to rock, woo, which I think yeah. you like, and you know, get them so where they have it to where it's their baby. They are, they are in love with it. 
you got to fall in love with your baby. If you're not in love with your taco, nobody's going to be in love with your taco, okay? It's so true. <laughs> you have got to be in love with it. And then we start the strategies from there. Like, where would you speak? Who's your audience? What, you know, practicing, getting all your ducks in a row, being ready to say yes, and, and all that sort of thing. Mm. So what types of clients are you working with right now? What are some of your success stories or your recent success stories? Yeah, I have actually one of my clients. She's she's a little bit of an outlier in the sense that she came to me with a dream of having a one woman show. So not anything like what I usually do. It's like totally different than what I usually do. And she wanted to launch it and then pandemic hit. She was going to have it in a theater and all the things. So she's like, okay, how can I make this virtual? So she worked on creating, like condensing this, you know, three hour one woman show performance art piece into a half hour talk virtual with PowerPoint, right? How do you do that? So she did that, gained some audience, gained some traction, got used to like talking about herself, writing her bio. So here she could write this one woman show, but writing her own bio and bragging about herself <laughs> is really difficult, you know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> never know what's going to, never know what's going to hit you. Right. And she ended up about, actually it was a year ago, February, February this year that she finally launched her first live performance and she just did another performance um three days ago I think like her third or fourth live performance and she's got a theater lighting the art I mean it's selling or she's selling art. it's amazing so that's just one example very different than other people I had another client who um worked work she had a tragedy in her life uh, unexpected and started to study grief and grieving and really looking at it from a different perspective of like, how do you deal with this in a corporate? Like someone has someone in your office has a death in the family. And then everyone's like, oh, we don't want to ask this person for a mm. report. And do we talk to them? Like, I don't, it's all, and they're awkward, mm. really weird. And she's like, there's got to be some solutions for this. So she created her company and then came to me. She's already a seasoned speaker in a completely different area. But she's like, is it okay to talk about grieving and death and dying? Like, what if I cry on stage? What if people are crying? Like, I don't know. Is that okay? So we work through that. And of course, back to the conversation we said, like, you got to talk to the organizer. Like, you're not false advertising. Like, these things could happen. This is what I'm going to be speaking on. Would you like to hear that? Do you think your audience could benefit? Yes. Then she ended up getting a $10,000 keynote and two $5,000 fireside chats. This is during COVID. So, you know, it's like you, you know, people are dying. People need, people are grieving. People need your help. Yeah. That's just part of human existence. So those are just a couple of, you know, very different examples, but things that can happen. No, I love that. And that, that, that leads me to my next question is thinking about, you know, how should, as speakers, should we be broad in our message or should we be very specific in our niche? Uh, of what it is that we speak about, because I've I've heard and I've seen totally different things. I've seen people who are specific to the T of what their niche or niche is, however you want to say it. And I've seen people that speak more broadly, which is myself, like more mindset. Mm -hmm. I could speak specifically to a specific area, but for me, I like to be more broad and then go specific at certain points of my speech. I think it really depends on what your whole business model is and where you make money. So that's why like when I have a one on one conversation with someone to see if they're ready for the speakers training academy, I'll say like, what is it that you offer? Okay, what do you charge for that? How do people come into your business? Like, how do you actually get clients? And we talk about that verse and then the talk will end ultimately come from all of those pieces versus like, trying to decide should you go broad or narrow? It's sort of it. I feel like a talk is a organism that gets born. Yeah. And it, it's a very unique creative experience to that individual, to their style. So like I've had different clients who work on leadership who, you know, have completely different talks all about that. I've helped them deliver their, or not deliver their talks. I've helped um, create their talk. The baby. I did deliver the baby, but, um, but they're all different because they're not, and I never borrowed from one to feed the other because they're all, the person's bringing different expertise, different confidence, different personality, different authority, different program. So it, it's just each person's gets their own. It's like a snowflake, you know, everyone's their own snowflake. So sometimes it's more niche depending on who their clients are. And sometimes it's more broad. I were, mm. I, I did hundreds of talks on mindset and I'd be like creating a winning mindset for realtors, creating a winning mindset for engineers, creating a winning, but guess what? They're all humans. They all have minds, they have mindset, same thing, just different lens over it. Nice. Nice. So when people come to you as an expert, what are some of the most common questions that they hit you up with? 
I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> coming to you, coming to you as an expert, what si what type of questions did they hit you up with? Some of the common ones, like Lisa, like I need help with this. Oh yeah. Um, usually it's like, I have so many ideas. I can't, I've been trying to come up with a talk, but I don't know how to like put it all down in one thing. I don't know what to call it. I just am stuck. No. Hmm. And so, um, there, oh, there's that question. There's also like, well, who would even, would I be able to get like to, you know, would I even be able to get a speaking gig? Like, is that even possible? Like, who would I talk to? How does that work? They don't even know like how to get started yeah. at all. And so we'll say, okay, well, let's talk about who are your main clients and where do we think they're hanging out? And because I've spoken over 600 times, I'm like, I've been around the block a couple of times. I can like, oh, point there, point there. And what I can say is it's usually not nearly as hard as you think it is in your mind. But once yeah. you have a plan, all of a sudden it starts to happen. I was just telling a gal this earlier today. Once you say you're ready to do something, as you, you're fully aware, shit starts happening. It does. Start, you get a LinkedIn message. Someone's like, oh, do you, you know, we need a speaker. Would you be able to be? And you're like, wow, I didn't even tell anyone I was speaking yet. Oh, my God. How the, how they know? How they know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, you're laying the tracks. You're saying, hey, universe, I'm ready. Like, hit me up. I'm ready. But if you're still hiding in that speaker closet, no one's going to be caught. No one's knocking on your door. They're not going to find closet. you. Come out the closet. So come on out. Be loud. Be proud. Let's go. Yes. Be loud. Be proud. I love that. Um, what's a good practice to do after a speaking gig? Like we've, we've done the speaking gig. What are some good follow-up practices to do with the organizer and maybe the audience as well? Oh, um, so it brings back memories. I've been doing so much virtual speaking. Like today, I definitely sent an email right away to the organizer, thanking her and recognizing the group because, you know, authentically, of course, it's got to be authentic. And um, so that was really, you know, I think that's a very simple. Oh, yeah. Got to do that. Right when you're done with your, what, right when you're done with your talk. Um, uh, at, if it's in person, you want to have some kind of way in which people can check in with you afterwards. You don't want to, I did this one time and I go, I'll never do this again. And I had an appointment scheduled kind of like where I was going to, once I was done talking and the event was over, I needed to bust out of there and I never will do that again. So I always will leave like a nice cushion. Like, I don't want to be in a rush. You want to yeah. have plenty of time. If someone wants to talk your ear off after you want to be able to stay, no problem. And I like to be the last person. I like to be the first one there. And I like to be the last one there. I, not every speaker does that, but I don't like people's. I, I like to be ready to receive. Yeah. And give like ready to receive them as they come in and receive their energy and just be there. I don't want to be like pulling stuff out of my bag and setting my table up. Cause you're kind of in a different zone. You're like, don't talk. Oh, yeah, to you're me. in a panic zone. You now. Yeah. You don't want to be in that kind of zone when you're, so you want to have it all set, ready to go. You're calm, cool, collected when it starts. And then when you're done, everyone's gone. You can pack up all your stuff or have someone pack it up for you. And then you can walk out the door. Yes. I love that. I love that. The fact just being available for people. I mean, you can't do it in virtual. I mean, you kind of could do it in virtual, I guess, but I learned that because I would see some of my speaker friends, they would give their speaking that speech and they would, they would ditch like, okay, I already got I paid. I'm out of here. I just found out, I just, I just hung around. I gave the other speakers the benefit of me sitting there watching them and maybe there's something I could learn from them. But I found out something interesting, Lisa, like for me going up on stage, I don't feel like I'm a rock star or a movie star or anything else. I'm a guy that's going up there as a message to speak, but it's crazy when people see you speak and then they're down in the audience, they think you're like somebody above them. Mm -hmm. And so I love having those conversations with them to be kind of like, no, I'm just like you. I want people to feel like, oh, you're so special. You have this story. I'm like, no, you're special too. Just because I can walk up those stairs and stand in front of a stage and hold a microphone for 45 minutes doesn't make me any better than you. So I found that being able to do that and having people get to know me better has enriched my ability to, to gain coaching clients. Cause they're like, oh my God, he's real. He's funny. He's personable. He cares. He's staying around. You know, I offer to help sometimes I've in the, my early stages, I would offer to help the people pack up whatever it is that they had going on for the, for the seminar. And they're like, oh my God, Chris, you're such an amazing dude. We're going to have you back. And so I think going right. to the next level. I was going to say what sometimes, have you ever heard the phrase jumping over dollars to pick up dimes? Yes. That was an old, that's an old school phrase. That's an old school phrase. And it's funny. It came out of a talk that I was helping with one of my clients uh, come up with. And that when you are just, I'm going to come in, do my talk and leave it, you're, you're doing that. It's like the person who created the event, they're going to remember, they might not consciously remember, but just like what you said, where they're like, you're so nice. We want to have you back. 
it's a small world out there. People yeah. think, oh, and no, 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 they all talk. It's it's a small, small world. And you want to be known. Like yeah, I know, right? We should make a song about that. Let's do it. Yeah, and a ride and a whole park. And um, so <laughs> people forget that the organizer is paying attention. You always want to make sure to have a great relationship. They're looking at your reliability. They don't want to be wondering if you're showing up. They don't want you to be there and be a pain in the butt. You know, don't be that person who's like, I'm better than everyone. Yeah, you know? I've seen some of those. <laughs> It'd be difficult. Why? Why would they have you back? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's all around package. All around package. I can't believe we've already been talking for nearly an hour, my dear. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here on the Raw and Scripted Show. I'm I'm certain that this has been massive value to most everybody watching and listening to this. We get lots of people on the replays, and we get lots of people obviously listening to the audio podcast version of this. I just like to see my guests as I'm talking with them. I did that whole podcast thing before, and I was like, I can't even see the person. All I can do is hear him. So where can people get a hold of you to continue this conversation tonight uh, with you, Miss Lisa? Uh, they can go to getspeakinggigsnow.com. That's gigs with a S. Yes. If you're watching virtually, you can see. Um, but if you're listening to the audio, getspeakinggigsnow.com. And you can get five top tips to get more speaking gigs. That'll just go right to your inbox. You grab that. And if there's, you know, there's ways to get a hold of me. If you decide that you want to have a conversation, you're welcome to do that. You can also go on Instagram at, at get speaking gigs. Now, what are you, what are you, what do you know? It's the same yeah. company. <laughs> I bet you if we Google get speaking gigs now, we're going to find all sorts of stuff about Lisa Reed. You would, you would absolutely. You are a ball. I appreciate you so much. I love talking with you. I love talking about something that we both have a lot of stuff in common and I appreciate you so much for being here. I'm going to place you backstage while I end out the show. Don't go anywhere because I still want to chat with you just for a second. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, 56 minutes, 29 seconds. I always try to get out of, get you out of here in under an hour. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. What a brilliant conversation tonight. You know, we talked about so many different aspects of, of having courage and confidence to be able to own yourself and be able to go past some of those embarrassing and those humiliating moments that we've had as children. I encourage you, I strongly encourage you to go back and visit your childhood and think about all the different embarrassing moments, the humiliating moments that you had, and then start to rewrite the script on what that means to you and rewrite the script and try to like understand in other person's shoes, what it is that they were trying to get across to you. Obviously, some people say things and they've, they've had their, their training and their experience from past generations and that stuff's handed down. What would it be like if all those humiliating and, and those embarrassing situations that you were placed in were just something as part of your growth? Think about that just for a second. Was that for a part of my growth? Was that happening for me or was that happening to me? How can we reframe those situations and look at it in the context of, wow, I was seven years old. Now I'm 37 years old. Do you think that same judgment still applies? Have you walked through your entire life thinking that you can't be seen or you can't be heard? You only should be seen. Rewrite that script. Start taking more responsibility for your actions. Get around people who are wiser and smarter than you that are doing these things like Lisa, like myself, and start going after your dreams because when you do, it's amazing what else will open up in your life. We were just talking about when you're ready to take that next step, guess what starts to open up? God, source, universe, whatever you believe in, will start to present those steps to you to say, hey, if you're serious about this, this is what we're going to do next. And that next thing may not be the thing you're actually looking for. The next thing may be a lesson or uh, a situation that they want to see if you really want to, to earn that. You know, the trials and tribulations that we go through in our life are happening for us. When you can look back on your life, have you grown the most when things were easy or have you grown the most when things were challenging? Of course, when things were challenging. So now can you look at challenges in the future and challenges that are happening right now and reframe your perspective about this? Say, hey, this is happening for me. What can I learn out of this? I'm going to go through this experience either way. If I have a shitty attitude about it, it's going to take a hell of a lot fucking longer. Um, how about I sit there and look like, hey, this is happening for me. This is, a, this is a challenge that I need to overcome. Much like the other ones, I don't want to go through it, but I'm happy to be on the other side of that to know the experience and the knowledge that I have, number one, for myself, but number two, so I can go out, go back out there and train and teach other people about that, whether it's professionally or personally. You could talk about your experiences and that's how we all grow together. So I encourage you, don't go to, don't go to your grave with your, with your message still in you. Get out there and do that. Contact Lisa, work with her and find experiences and find exp yeah, find experiences where you can go out there and test that. Uh, I mentioned Toastmasters earlier. 
I'm a, I'm a fan of Toastmasters. And then again, I'm not, there's, there's, a, there's some politics in that organization that I don't necessarily agree with, but the, the principle of being able to go to a meeting every week or every other week, depending on what club in your area is going on for me, it was, it was great. Not the speaking part of it necessarily, but the table topics and other, uh, other aspects of it, being able to critique another speaker and look for things that they're doing, help me become a better speaker. So toastmasters.org, I think it is, you can find a club in your area and go out there and progressively start doing that. And you will gain the confidence and you'll gain the support that you need uh, from a community that is there with you. So I know for me personally, that was one of my, one of my gifts. I got to compete in some Toastmasters contest. I won some, I came in second place in some, um, but everything was for my greater good to become a better speaker. And that's what I'm doing right now with you guys. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Love you guys. We're going to be back here next Tuesday, Ron and scripted who we have next Tuesday. You guys keep asking me like, Chris, can you tell us who's going to be up next week? And uh, to that, I say, absolutely. I mean, we're booked until April now, guys. It's pretty crazy. We are booked into April. Uh, yeah, we're actually, yeah, we're booked into April. So next week we have uh, Mary, Mary Huang, uh, she is an amazing soul. She's got a brilliant uh, story, uh, single mom, two kids had, you know, down in her life and has recreated herself and repurposed her content to be able to be going out there and being confident and uh, crushing it. So she's going to be in here with an inspirational story. Again, we appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay and any questions for me, anything I could do for you, just go to noexcusescoach.com super simple to remember all my social media is there. If you're new to this program, appreciate you guys being here, go out there and have a brilliant evening, have a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. We're going to be here next week, but I just tell you that anyway, because I love you guys. All right, go out there and be brilliant. Love you. Kick ass and stop.